हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट इलेवन फेडरलिज्म एंड अवर टॉपिक इज इंटरस्टेट कोऑर्डिनेशन फॉर कोऑर्डिनेटिंग इंटरस्टेट एंड यूनियन स्टेट रिलेशंस एंड फॉर कंसेंचुअल वर्किंग ऑफ फेडरल सिस्टम the constitution expressly provides for the constitution of interstate council or other such subject and territory specific councils the first ever interstate council were constituted on 28th may 1990 principally being a recommendatory body the council is expected to perform the following duties investigating and discussing such subjects in which some or all of the states or the states or the union and one or more of the states have a common interest as may be brought up before it making recommendations upon any subject and in particular recommendations for the better coordination of policy and action with respect to that subject and deliberating upon such other matters of general interest to the states as may be referred by the chairman to council in this context one may like to reiterate the fact that the constitutional provisions relating to federalism avoid exclusionary characteristics of dual federalism the basic ethos of indian federalism is coordinated and cooperative functioning of the union where center and states are equal partners in making the union a success even the overwhelmingness of the center to centralize federal powers and curtail states autonomy is mostly circumstantial the center cannot exercise these powers arbitrarily it has been sufficiently subjected to the principles of parliamentary accountability scrutiny and approval and due process of law now let us move to the next point distribution of competencies distribution of federal powers is essentially based on the notion of territoriality and specification of subjects accordingly thus matters of local interest or those subjects which do not have transboundary implications have been put together under the state list the list comprises 62 items or entries over which the state legislature has exclusive competence of legislation and execution the list includes such subjects like public order and police local government public health sanitation agriculture forest fisheries sales tax and other duties the union list enumerating 96 items empowers union parliament to legislate on matters of foreign affairs defense currency citizenship communication banking union duties taxes etc however there are subjects like industry mines and minerals 
which find place in both the lists. To find an explainable answer to this, one has to look into the types of the competence available in the federal scheme of India. Broadly, there are three types of competence, one on which the respective sets of government has exclusive and distinct competency. It is really that on item like defense, foreign affairs, etc. Delegation of authority is made by the union government. Two, on items like industry, mines and minerals, the state government has exclusive but limited com competence. On these subjects, its competence is subjected to the regulating by the union government in order to serve the large public and national interest. Largely, there are items of concurrent jurisdiction, list 3, on which each unit of federation enjoys exclusive but concurring competence. In the event of conflict, it is usually the union law that prevails over states' laws. On matters of non-numerated items, the union government has been vested with residuary powers of legislation. So far as the distribution of executive authority is concerned, it generally follows the scheme of distribution of legislative powers. In other words, the executive powers of the union and state governments are co-extensive with their respective legislative competence. In the case of state governments, its executive authority over a legislative field has been subjected to the qualificatory restriction of doctrine of territorial nexus. However, as D.D. Basu observes, it is in the concurrent sphere where some novelty has been introduced. As regards matters included in the concurrent legislative list, that is list 3, the executive function shall ordinarily remain with the states, but subject to the provisions of the constitution or of any law of parliament conferring such a function expressly upon the union. Thus, under the Land Acquisition Act 1894 and Industrial Dispute Act 1947, provision to Article 73, the Center has assigned to itself all the executive functions pertaining to these two acts. However, of importance are some of the exclusive executive powers of the Union. Defense or the non-cognizance of the same by the states may attract plenary action as it amounts to the violation of the constitution. This includes union's power to give directions to the state governments, ensuring due compliance with the union laws, ensuring exercise of executive power of the state. In such a manner as not to interfere fear with the union's executive power. To ensure the construction and maintenance of the means of communication of national or military importance by the state, 
to ensure protection of railways within the state to ensure drawing and execution of schemes specified in the directions to be essential for the welfare of dual tribes in the states securing adequate provisions by the state for instruction in mother tongue at the primary stage ensuring development of hindi language in the state and above all to ensure that the government of the state is carried on in accordance with the provisions of the constitution also during emergency of any type the union government may regulate through its power of issuing directions the manner in which the executive power of the state has to be exercised in other words the state has been assigned certain obligatory duties under the federal constitution of india the center state administrative relationship is based on the principle of division jurisdictional partitioning of control and execution of decisions over a subject matter coordination and cooperation in the policy and planning in many areas while center retains its exclusive legislative competence it however delegates power of ancillary legislation and exclusive executive competence to take decisions independently to the states the center administers directly only on the matters pertaining to defense foreign affairs including passports communications post and telegraph telephones the union list taxes and the industrial regulations on rest of the enumeration in the union list the administrative functions is exercised by the states under statutory or executive delegation it has been rightly pointed out in one of the commentaries on indian constitution that there seems to be no element of subordination although cooperation is occasionally made compulsory the constitution details the essential features of the union state administrative relations and raises no walls of separation between them there is no rigid pattern of allocation of responsibilities the union parliament may confer powers and may impose duties under laws pertaining to the union list matters the president may entrust functions to the state governments in relation to any matter to which the executive power of the union extends the state executive functions can not withstanding anything be entrusted either conditionally or unconditionally to the central government in actual practice the state exercises a large measure of executive authority even within the administrative field of the union government the financial relation between the union and the state is based on the principle of sharing and equitable distribution of resources the constitution also makes distinction between the legislative power to levy a tax and the power to appropriate the proceeds of a tax 
so levied. The centre and the states have been assigned certain items to impose and levy taxes. There is no concurrent power to either of the units of the federalism to impose and levy taxes. Provisions have also been made to extend financial help in the form of grants and loans to the states. The amount of grant in aid has to be decided by the parliament. Also, any development project initiated by the state with the prior approval of the center for the purpose of promoting the welfare of school tribes in that state or raising the level of administration of the school areas has to be funded by the center as grant in aid charged on the consolidated fund of India. In the distribution of the financial competency, each unit has been granted excessive taxes. The list of ex exclusive taxes to the union include custom corporation tax, taxes on capital value of a set of individuals and companies, surcharge on income tax, etc. Similarly, exclusive taxes on the states include land revenue, stamp duty, succession and estate duty, income tax on agricultural land, sales tax. This is now being supplemented by a new system of value added tax, etc. Given the fact that the volume of revenue raised from different tax resources by the state may not be adequate enough to meet its budgetary and plan proposals. The constitution provides for the sharing of proceeds of taxes earned by the union. The modalities of collection, appropriation and share vary from case to case. Thus, every while some duties such as stamp duty and duties of exercise on medicinal and toilet preparations as are in the union list are levied by union but collected and appropriated by the states. Article 268 Taxes on the sales or purchase of goods and taxes on consignment of goods are levied and collected by the union, but the proceeds are then assigned by the union to those states within which they have been levied. Also, certain taxes such as taxes on non-agricultural income, duties of exercise are included in the union list except the medicinal and toilet preparations are levied and collected by the union and they are then divided between the union and states in certain proportions. Further, the union and the states have been assigned separately the non-tax revenues. The principal sources of non-tax revenues of the union are the recipients from railways, post and telegraph industrial and commercial undertaking at union, 
such as Air India, Indian Airlines, etc. Similarly, non-tax revenues of states include receipts from the forest, irrigation and commercial enterprises like electricity, road transport and industrial undertaking such as soap, sandalwood, iron and steel in Karnataka, paper in Madhya Pradesh, milk supply in Mumbai, deep sea fishing and silk in West Bengal. It is true that the tax base of the state is not adequate enough to meet all expenses and developmental requirements of the state. This is so because of the overall nature of the Indian economy. As stated above, Federal Union seeks to establish a closely integrated economic union where union has been assigned the important responsibility of socio-economic reconstruction of the nation. Economy is national where regional development is taken care of by the union. Federal finance is directed to achieve their objective. Usually, federal grant to state follows certain objective parameters laid down from time to time by the autonomous body known as Finance Commission of the India. However, adequate care is being always being taken to remove the economic imbalances across the community class and regions. Special care is also being taken up for the development of backward segments of the society through different special assistance programs of the union. Now let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.